Today, I'm so excited for this podcast. This has been a long time coming, but we have a bunch of spouses on the podcast today. So we have Sarah Clark, we have Christy Buse, and Sarah Andre, my wife. Nobody knows how to say my last name, and it's not a big deal. Everybody rolls it with, you know, I roll with anything, but it's Andre properly, but we roll with it all. So two Sarahs and Christy, and I look up to all three of these spouses. They all have such amazing traits, and Hopefully this podcast can just provide some tips and tricks or just with any other spouses out there in market, both reps that are selling and then their spouses uh, to how to make this job work. It is a hard job uh, to make work in a relationship because it is so uh, time consuming. And so we just wanted to get together. They had a, a spouse retreat a couple weeks ago with all the wives. And this is just like a mini version of that. So I hope you enjoy it. All right. I'm so excited about this podcast today. We had this request, I think about a month ago, and I thought it was such a good idea. Whoever brought it up, I can't remember. It wasn't me though, but I'm so grateful to have Sarah, Christy, and Sarah on. And there are a lot of other amazing spouses that aren't here, but I I was trying to be intentional with you three because there's qualities that each of you three have that I think so many other people are going to relate to and look up to. And so Thank you all for coming on. Let's start off with talking about the wives retreat. How was the wives retreat? It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So how, fun. How many people were there? I think there was, was like, like 37. Okay, 37 mm-hmm. in Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. And how many people were from each org? Like how many came from RIP? Do you know? Or oh, Relentless? It was, it or was probably like... 2020 ish from um, the California. It was easier to get the California teams there since it was in California. We had a little bit less from the East Coast. Yeah, I'm going to call out Relentless right now because we had (laughs) one. So, next one. How many spouses, though? So, we know the ratio. Probably like 15. 15, okay. But that is a journey across the whole country, coast to coast, basically. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, you said 37 from total. total. So there was like 20, like 20 and 18. It okay, just kinda, something yeah, like the that. Yeah, numbers kind of jumped around, but. What, what did you guys like about it? Honestly, I just thought it was so fun to like get to know the girls on a personal level yeah. and really build those relationships. That was probably the highlight for me. Like, I think everyone walked away being like, wow, these girls are incredible. I think everyone had something different to offer, too. You know, it's like, wow, I didn't know this about this person. I didn't know this about this person. And their story and learning about them and their thoughts, like it was all so amazing to hear from everyone and get to know them. And I'm just so excited for next year to get to know them even better. Totally. And to know even more people, too. And that's why I brought this up right now is if you're listening to this and you didn't come, come to the next one. For sure. We, I'm sure all of you knew some someone that wasn't there and we were probably missing them. So get on the next one. We want you there. Yeah. Anything else from the whole retreat? No, I think it was good. It was good. It was good for the people that came. Cause I think when you're doing this job, it can be really hard and it's good to have different perspectives of different people that are doing the same thing as you to hear how they're dealing with it, how they're coping with it, what they can do to help or what has hurt, you know? And so I think it was really good to be able to relate with people that are doing the exact same thing. For sure. And that's why we get together 
anybody that's in the active role of the job is we want to hear what's working, what's not working. And it's so cool what you said, Christy. You find out so much about other people that you didn't know. And you said that too, Sarah, but you walk away like so impressed by everybody and you find out things about their hobbies or their personal life that makes you so much more interested in them. And then from that point forward, you're like super tight. Yeah. But you just need that one event or that, that, that time together, right? So the reason why we're doing this is spouses can be a huge component of the rep's success. They can also be a component of maybe the failure. And so I want to highlight Christy right here in a positive light. Uh, Carson has this coolest story when he first got into solar. And he's like, Christy would literally like kick him out the door and say, you got to go get eight sets today and you're not coming back inside. And you're not coming back home until you get eight sets. <laughs> And that is true. That makes me look yeah. so mean. No, it, <laughs> guys love that because it just lights a fire underneath them. And when Carson was sharing that, it is really, he was really proud of it. And all of us are like, that's so cool. And so that's one example of many that where the spouse can be a huge source of success, right? Then there can also be times where the spouse can be a huge uh, source of failure or obstacles or pain or whatever, right? And that could be that the rep is really excited about the job, but the spouse is maybe saying, I hate living here. I hate this job. This sucks. I'm bored all day, whatever. And it's hard for them to do the job because they're trying to be positive. And now you're combating one other thing outside. And so what I want to have a discussion around is what are the ingredients of making this job work in a relationship? Because there's things on both sides that can take place to really make this work. And it is a hard thing, let's be honest. This is a really hard job in a relationship. And that's what you have so much to offer here is the lessons you three have all learned. And we can share those because it'll speed up what you're saying, Sarah. This is a way if you miss the wise retreat, here's another way that you can learn from some of the discussions that probably took place there. So... When I ask you three, like, what are, what's the ingredients to make this work? What are some of the first things that come to your mind? Um, I would say for me and Carson, it's that our goals, like, we have goals together. They're not just his goals and, like, I'm on the sideline being the cheerleader. Like, his goals are really my goals. And we sat down and we created goals together. Yeah. And as far as, like, everything, like, financially, spiritually, like, all goals. And so, like, I know to get to those places that we want to be we have to grind like and it's not just him that has to grind I mean I have three little kids at home so I'm picking up all the slack where he's when he's working so hard totally and but like in the back of my mind I'm like it's okay because we're just going to grind really hard because I have these goals he has these goals together like we're trying to get there together yeah so that's been a huge thing and I'll echo you grind I tell Carson (laughs) I'm like Christy's a pioneer (laughs) because you can grind you you started life so early with kids right and yeah, a lot of people 18 years old and you had th- how many under four or three it's like they're pretty close yeah there's three in three years so, so three, three under three, three at one point right mm-hmm. that's incredibly hard <laughs> and knowing that your husband's not here doing you know it's a hard job yeah so christy speaks with a lot of experience with that and i've totally noticed that like when carson's talking about goals and everything christy's bought in she knows exactly what we're doing she knows what we're trying to accomplish like as a guy, that's just wind behind your sails. Like that gives you so much fuel to go and accomplish that. So love that that's one. Right what else? I, my, I have a thought going along with that yeah. one where I think that in that case, making sure that 
you and your spouse are on the same page. You know, I think that when there's misalignment or the expectations aren't like are misaligned, that's when it starts to become hard. Like the nice thing about Christy and Carson is their expectations and their um, were aligned, which is why when Christy maybe had some doubt, she was like, oh, wait, no, but these are our expectations. These are our goals, you know? And, And they communicated that, which helped so that in the times when it was hard, they were able to fall back like, no, but we made these expectations together. So I think it's just like um, something that helps is sitting down with your spouse and setting those expectations and making sure you're aligned, you know, find find the agreement. Yeah. Which is hard. It's not an easy thing to do. But yeah. And if you're not there and you're listening to this, whether you're male or female, don't give up. I mean, when we're talking about Christy and Carson, I hold them in such high regard because Christy's been on a lot of Carson's coaching calls. And so you guys are doing that and that might feel like that's a far off goal for some other spouses, but you guys have also had three kids. You've, you've had to do a lot of life together and like figure stuff out. But if you're listening to this, you can too, but it might not happen overnight, but I can speak to this part. I haven't been the best of involving Sarah sometimes because like I see what it is and I know what it takes and I'm just going to go for it. And I have to remind myself, I got to slow down and I have to involve Sarah and talk about the why. So I think probably a lot of guys can relate to that where you're trying to do it. And in your mind, you're justifying it saying, I'm trying to be like the provider for the home, but it'll only help you if you can learn from Carson and Christy here of like totally involve your spouse all the way as much as you can. Totally. I, I think a lot of times the guys, I mean, I may be wrong when I say this, but I think a lot of times the guys will, they think, Oh, but I'll prove my spouse once it comes. Yeah. Like I'll prove them wrong yeah, once it comes. Totally. But I think that's not, I mean, it's probably not, not the best way. Yeah, huh? so that's probably not the best mentality to have. Yeah. I think that um, trying to prove your spouse wrong or trying to prove him anything, it shouldn't be the case at all. Yeah. So again, I think aligning those expectations, I think, is going to get you much further than trying to prove ever would. Yeah, that's awesome. And shout out to Sarah here because they do weekly planning I was just every bring week. Bring that up. Totally. And I think that's like a great so first cool. step to yeah. starting that. Like you do weekly planning every week together. And like, what do you, you guys plan your goals in your week and you just like go over everything again, right? Mm-hmm. So. And there's a lot in that talking about who you are, what you want to be. Like, it's more than just planning the week from a work perspective, right? There's a lot that goes into your weekly planning. Totally. Yeah. Do you want to give any tips with that? Because um, you guys just started this a couple months yeah, ago, right? Yeah, we just right? started. I would say what we do, It's. I would say it's. it's definitely more personal like we don't do a ton of i guess you could call it like companionship planning more individualized but i think even having the individualized and then we do talk after a little bit about like okay what our week looks like how was your sunday planning what did you write down um but what would you like to sorry just uh, is there anything that you guys have learned from your planning even individually because you guys have just started the, yeah. the daily and the monthly or weekly yeah. planning individually i would just say when i I mean personally when i plan out my week i feel like there's so much more that i can do than i thought i could and when i can plan it out there's so much more that i could get done yeah than just swinging it you know even planning out when i'm going to go grocery shopping and when to go grocery shopping and when i want to go on a walk and when i want to start making dinner and just like even the small, simple things of planning them out and kind of having an idea. And even if it's not to the exact hour, like if I plan to go grocery shopping from two to five, you know, some, mm-hmm. if I go earlier or later, it's just yeah. knowing that that day at around this time I'm going. 
I think it just helps me to be in check with also keeping myself busy, you know? Um, which is huge. Yeah. Which is huge so if you're, for the wife. If you're a stay-at-home spouse and you don't have a job or something, I could see where planning would be awesome, where totally. I would look forward to going to the gas station or the grocery store that day. For sure. And, and I'd say, too, something that I've learned, even, I mean, this is something I learned from Sunday planning, is learning to take um, problems and turn them into opportunities. And I think a lot of the times, I mean, this might be switching the direction a little bit, but I think a lot of the times coming out here as a wife, we see this as a problem. Like we're away from our family. We're we're away from uh, school. This is hard. I'm home alone all day. But, and we view it as a problem, but what if we changed our mindset and, and viewed it as an opportunity, you know, not very many women out in this world and wives especially get this opportunity to be at home and try new things, learn new skills, go to the beach. That's awesome. Or go on a hike, like learn, yeah. try new things. Like yeah. you have so, like view this time as an opportunity rather than a problem. And when you can come from that place of abundance, then a lot of things are going to come your way and you will find things that you're passionate about and you will be almost excited for your husband to go to work because you can start working on the things that That's you want to work on. You know? I love that. Yeah, I think like looking back in our relationship, being able to live in Kansas City, in Houston, in Austin, in Dallas, in Baltimore, Costa Rica for a little bit, I think it's helped round us out a lot more to see other people and other cultures. That makes me um, be able to communicate with other people. Like if somebody in our neighborhood or somebody at work and they're not from Utah, they didn't grow up in Utah, it's like having lived in other places I think has helped us so much. So I think it can be a big opportunity. For sure. But it's all your mindset. Like you could be sitting there complaining and counting down the days till you're back in Utah seeing family, or you could plug into that community and make the most of that time, right? Totally. That was a really good one. Anything else? Um, I was just going to go back to your question from before. I think I I found myself at the retreat, and when anyone asks me about the job or how I've dealt with um, like long hours or just, you know, so much time being put into work. I think I've been saying lower your expectations, which I still I still think is applicable. But uh, the more I thought about it, I've been thinking, like, change your expectations. It's not so much about lowering them because I feel like that comes across a little bit negative. Like, you thought it was going to be this, and it's not. So you just need to lower everything. Yeah. It's more like change it. Like, just maybe it's not what you thought it was going to be, but that's okay because most things aren't. So... Maybe just the communication thing I think is huge and trying to figure out like, okay, so it's not what I thought it was going to be, maybe an A, B, and C, but what can it be and how can we both switch whatever we need to switch together to have realistic expectations? Because I think that's what I'm trying to say when I'm saying lower expectations. I think most people, when they go into marriage, when they go into a job, when they go into family situations, any of that, you have high expectations. You want things to go perfect. You think everything's a fairy tale and it's yeah. going to be great and you're going to make a million dollars and you're going to have perfect children and <laughs> yeah. all these things, you know? Yeah. But I think it's more about not so much lowering them, but just being maybe a little more realistic. Yeah. And I think maybe that's something that the guys could do better is setting proper expectations with their spouse of, listen, you're not going to like it. It's not going to be an amazing place. You're not going to have friends. You're not going to have family. And just setting that, those yeah, hard expectations. Yeah, comes along with before they go out, right? Like yeah, before they go out. Discussing these things so that the wife maybe doesn't feel like tricked into it. Yeah, exactly. She, she shouldn't feel like that, you know, because there's ways to not feel like that. But 
to really be mindful of that so she doesn't get out there and think, oh my gosh, this is nothing what I thought it was going to be. And some guys probably get put in a hard spot where they're like, my wife isn't going to sign up for this. And <laughs> so maybe they're like not as forward with the expectation. Yeah. So I, I probably get why, but I, the older I get, the more I learn that anybody that's not happy it usually comes back to expectations and it exactly. could be yeah, exactly. in a relationship. It could be in work. It could be in a church exactly. setting. It's just usually expectations. So I think I, one thing, Oh, sorry. Christy, no, no. Um, tied to that is it might be helpful. I think like, I know any of us would be happy to, I'd be happy to, um, anyone that is wanting to go out and their wife is giving pushback or feeling yeah. maybe not even pushback, but maybe feeling confused, not really knowing what, what it's going to be like, I would be more than happy, and I know these girls would, too, sure. to meet with them. <clears throat> yeah. They can ask Do anything they want, talk to like them, that. yeah. um, That's a great give idea. them, you know, a little overview of what it, what it would look like, and to give a little bit of perspective about it was hard, and these are the things that were difficult, but the payoff for us has been huge. So. That's really yeah. cool. And, and I'd also say there's a lot of other wives out there that would also be open to that. Totally. So like, mm-hmm. Talk to your yeah. regionals or whoever that person yes. is above you. And I'm sure there's so many wives that are open to helping out other wives. Yeah. Chris, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, going back to the expectation thing, I think that is like a daily thing, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll tell Carson, I'm like, okay, I need a realistic expectation of what time you're going to be home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, I want you to be honest about it, because if I'm expecting you to be home at 8 and you're not home until 10, then I'm going to be mad. But if you tell me you're going to be home at 10, under promise, over Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I think expectations can even just be a day-to-day thing. Yeah. I think every guy listening to this right now is like, <laughs> 100%, we're guilty <laughs> of that. So that that's a good one. And all this stuff, if there's any of these things where you're like, freak, that's me. Like, we've all gone through this. We've all, me being here, I'm like, I'm probably the worst one to talk about this stuff because it's so hard. So it's like this lifelong pursuit to know all these. So... Uh, the other one I think is negativity. And I don't know if spouses know this as much, but there's a hard line and a very strict rule with the reps that nobody can talk about anything negative because the job is so hard mentally and emotionally. It pushes you so much that if anybody in the office is like, it's hot today, it's really hot, then it just gave everybody a reason to not look forward to the day or to bail out or to not work. And so there's a strict rule in all offices that you can't say anything negative. And I think most of this is about like what we can do to help. This is probably one of the only things I I can give on my side. If you're a spouse, just don't say anything ever negative to your spouse that's selling because it's already so hard. I mean, and if you want to know what it's like, I challenge anybody to go do it for a day. Like just go with your husband for one day and see how many door slams they get, how many people look down on them, how many people think that they're like scum of the earth for knocking doors. It is so they hard. They already got enough efforts thrown at that. Yeah. They, they don't yeah. need more. You, like, you literally think at the end of the day sometimes, like, does anybody like me in this world? Like, do I have value? It just beats you up. And then if you're hearing your spouse say, I hate this job, I don't want to live out here and all this, then you're battling that, and it's just so hard. So I think that's one thing there. Any any thoughts on negativity? My, I mean, th- what's coming to my head is, like, this analogy where I heard this analogy one time of – about like positive motivation yeah about let's just take like a mom and a kid you know if a kid is playing a soccer game and the mom's on the sideline saying get the ball oh, you're doing it wrong you're making the wrong pass you know like yeah how do you think that kid's gonna feel yeah. versus the mom who's on the sideline saying hey you're doing a good job you got this you got this keep going you're running so good like mm-hmm. the second kid obviously like the the 
the, the second situation, like that kid is going to do so much better. And I think it's the same idea, you know, if, if, yeah. if the husband is, if our husband comes home, I'm just like, ah, oh, honey, my babe, my just day suck today. You, you, this is terrible. I'm just feeling so sad and lonely. And I get it. Like it's hard. Your feelings are, are yeah. valid, you know, but I think there's also something where if you can help your husband to succeed and give him that positive motivation that he needs it will inherently help you to to feel better about the situation you know totally and that brings up such a good idea so in on the rep side there's a rule that if you're getting a vent you need a vent up meaning you you don't call any of your peers on the team you call your manager Mm -hmm. and i think that's maybe a really good idea is that those feelings are so valid that everybody has whether you're a spouse or you're selling and Maybe that's what this network could be is you call another spouse and be like, man, I'm just having such a hard time, like frustrated, haven't seen my family. Like that would probably help the reps so much just by calling and venting to somebody else. And and I want to say this too, like if you are a wife out there feeling frustrated, sad, bothered, like your feelings are valid and totally, it's okay that you feel that way. And I don't want people to feel guilty. Like, oh, I need to feel like I need need to support them it's like it it takes time you know every wife kind of goes through that time when they're not understanding this job and they're feeling like it's frustrating but i think that what we're talking about is steps to get you there and it takes time and practice um but also realize that it's okay that you feel the way that you do too Mm -hmm. you know it's all about just like where you direct that energy for sure and i'm and i don't know this a ton because i haven't been in in your guys's role but we've figured out the formula on the rep side. And it's like, if you ever heard your manager say, man, I just, this is going to be a hard week or it's too hot. Like the whole team's energy just goes out. Yeah. And so we figured out like how to process that where you can still be validated, but we figured out where to direct that energy. For sure. And so I think that's just something on the, on the other side that we have to figure out in L2. Yeah. I said to Sarah before the uh, wives retreat, when we just knew that a lot of wives were struggling, I was like, I feel like it'd be so awesome if you had a wife, just like one in particular, because you don't want to spread negativity, but yeah. someone who would be a positive influence in your life. And Such was like, a cool idea. Yeah. And if they just had that one person that they could reach out to. And this little girl here, Sarah That's Clark, so is kind cool. of in mind. And a couple That's weeks awesome. ago, I did call her and I was like, Carson had been traveling a lot. And I was just like, I'm really burnt out. Yeah. And like all three of my kids were throwing fits. Like one of them threw up because he was crying so hard for dad. And so I called Sarah and I, I was crying and I was just like, I, I've like, I'm burnt out at this point, you know, totally. but she lifted and me back valuable. up. That's valuable. That's yeah. so valuable to have. And that I didn't want to like go spread negativity, you know, but yeah. I, I knew that Sarah is a positive person and yeah. she could give me perspective and she did that, you know, and so cool. I trusted her and she totally picked me up. So I would love to be that person for anyone. That is really know? cool. And I, I will say, I've told this to Sarah a million times, the harder job is at home with the kids. Even though I think this one of the hardest jobs in the world, the harder job is still at home with the kids by far. Who said it? I feel like some. I feel like you said it or someone said it, or maybe this is from an apostle. I don't know where this came from, but I feel like I heard this quote where the real job is the wife's job because if you think about it, the wife is doing the job so that you can do totally. your job, which is what provides money. So all when yeah. you, it all comes back down to the mom totally. and her job. I was just reading about athletes in – the team that they have supporting them. And so when you see somebody win a championship, whatever, what people don't realize is that they have somebody that's like taking care of all their bills. 
there's a spouse taking care of the kids, there's somebody in charge of their fitness and their diet and like all this stuff. But none of that is seen, right? You just see the athlete, but really there's this huge supporting cast that make that all possible. Actually, at, um, at the Wives Retreat, Sarah, someone leaned over to me and they said, you know, as impressive as Brandon is, Sarah's 10 times more impressive. Totally, I totally agree with <laughs> that. I'll, so I'll acknowledge that any day of the week. When, when Sarah's gone on girls' nights, sometimes, sometimes it's chill, but sometimes I'm like, you know, it's just like a war zone. Like, sit down, put that away. Don't spill that. Like, and it's taking everything I have. And I'm just like, babe, this is a freaking hard job. Yeah. Like it if, is if you so want your gnarly. husband to appreciate you, leave him for just <laughs> yeah, a few days yeah, <laughs> with no food in the fridge too. No food in the it fridge. It can be crazy. No. <laughs> yeah. One, I think, because we all, when we get together in training meetings, whatever, you're just teaching hacks. Like here's little things that'll help you. I feel like one hack for the spouse is the biggest complaint that we hear on our side is my wife doesn't have anything to do all day and she's bored. And so I feel like a huge hack, kind of what you were talking about earlier, Sarah, is just you got to stay. For me, it's like if every spouse had a purpose, that could be a job. It doesn't have to be a job, though. It could be a full-time mom. It could be you're in charge of all the other wives. It could be anything. But I, I think just having a purpose and then I think having a friend. Those are the True. two things. Because the guys, it's like, yeah, you, you're doing a hard job, but you have purpose you know exactly what your purpose is and you're plugged in the system and it's measurable and there's numbers to compare and you're highlighted and all this stuff. And you have this huge friendship group camaraderie, right? And then you go over to the spouse side and it's like, there's just, there could be nothing there. There could be absolutely nothing there, at least from the company side, like a structure or a plan or whatever. And there might not be any friendship there. So what, what's your thoughts on this? I think it's a really good idea to just do something out of the house. I mean, find a hobby, find a job, find a part-time job. I know some girls, um, I think that they're in Kennedy's org, and they were talking about how last year they were pretty bored and, you know, struggled a little bit like that. And a bunch of them have gone and gotten jobs at really fun places, like, for example, at Free People. So it's like, it's amazing. She gets to go to work. She's met some friends there. That's she gets cool. a great discount on clothes she loves. Like, she's yeah. like, this is amazing, you know? Gets her out of the house. And she was just saying, it's just, it's been so much better. And it's so cool. And I thought that's such a good way to just learn something new. Sorry, could you say that? Oh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to learn something new, meet new friends, meet new people in general, just like see different that's walks of awesome. life and yeah. you're out of state. And that's cool too. It's a good experience. And I thought that was a really good idea. And I know it helped me a lot. I always had a job when we um, were selling out for the summers, but uh, mine was a little different because I brought it from home because it was online. But I do think it did help to break up the day a little bit to have things I had to do. Um, So, But even just having a hobby, even finding something that you want to learn, you want to do. I mean, it's like the perfect time to choose something and try it. And if you don't like it, it's like, that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. It was You weren't doing anything else anyway, so you might as well, you know, try something. So. I love that point. I think somebody told me a while ago that 99% of the, of the time, if there's a problem, it's not personal. It's not the person. It's the system. And so I think if we're totally honest with it, if we flip the roles and Hunter was at home all day and he didn't have anything to do, I think he'd go into depression. I think he would be struggling. Like, I think it'd be so hard. And so two things with this. If you're a spouse right now and you don't have a role and you're struggling, it's, I don't think it's you. I just think anybody would be feeling those same things. 
And then two is let's just find something to do because that'll change everything. It could be a job. It could be a dog. It could be, what are some things that Dogs, you guys... A dog is a great idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that's not possible for everybody. Um, I was just thinking too, I think there's something to be said about having a routine. It's not for even sure. so much that you're like yeah. doing all these like really important things, but having yeah. a routine that you do every day, um, having some goals and it could be like, you know, read a book a week or I want to exercise every day or I want to learn to make a new dish this week yeah. or I want to learn how to bake this or... I want to serve, so I'm going to find a service opportunity once a week, or I'm going to call, reach out to people, whether that's family or friends, maybe make a list of people you don't talk to very often. You could like do all these little things in the background that could help your everyday just go a little quicker and a little smoother and be a little happier, and so you're not feeling like you're sitting at home all day watching Kardashians or whatever yeah. you're doing <laughs> all day, yeah. you know, totally. watching TV, so... I mean, a little bit of everything is good, all in moderation, but I think to have a routine, to feel like you have a purpose, you have a plan that day, and you're going to execute it always feels good. Routine yeah. can be good because I, I like I look at my routine, and there's a lot that happens from 6.30 to 10. I come to guys, the office. don't mess with Brandon's routine. Everybody <laughs> has, right? Yeah. I try not to answer any phone calls or texts in the morning and just do my routine, but that's, that's three and a half hours every morning, and so... If you're at home all day and you're like, man, I don't want to get a job, that's okay. I think if you put together a really good routine, I think that could uh, get rid of three hours like pretty quick. Yeah, I think goals is a huge one. And just like personal progression in general. Because if you're stagnant, like, of course, you're going to be depressed. And yeah, if you're not doing that's anything, a great point. you're not achieving goals. Growing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last year when me and Carson were living apart and he lived in Florida and I lived here for about nine months. And I had a three-year-old and a three-month-old and. 16 month old and it was wild and I I was starting to feel super resentful of Carson and one time when he came back to visit we saw him like every month probably and I broke down and I was like I can feel myself starting to resent you and I don't want to resent you but I I can just feel it happening and um so we sat down and I we created my personal goals and ever since then Dang. it's like changed my life that's so cool and I felt like I kept using my kids as an excuse like oh well they work up at 6 30 so like if I want to w- work out I'd have to wake up at five and I started waking up at five and because that's all I had to do and it actually changed my life and I just started really working on myself and my own personal progression and I like can honestly say that that is it made me like way happier Dang, that's crazy. You're like, that's all I had to do is wake up at five. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty gnarly. And, and I think sometimes, like, when you first start something like that, you view it as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, oh, I have to wake up at five. But then you start doing it, and that's the th- things. Like, sometimes you, you just got to do it once, twice, yeah. three, four, five times until you realize, like, wow, I want to wake up at five every – like, if I sleep oh, yeah. past five, now, now you're probably like – if you sleep past five, you're like, oh, I'm crap. stressed. Yeah. yeah. So I think that – when you first something like that might sound like a sacrifice and really hard at first but once you get into the groove of it you're gonna be so grateful you did but sometimes you just kind of have to take that little step to do it totally and i think now it's like a race like carson progresses and then like i try to catch up to him and then he tries to catch up to me and so we're just like trying to catch each other well i was gonna i was i was gonna say something that i've noticed in this space is 
the husbands come out and they do this job, right? And this job just naturally pushes you to grow because of For what sure. you're doing. Yeah. So the husbands, I mean, I, they won't be able to see my hands on the podcast, but your hu- the husbands are progressing, right? And the wives, because they aren't doing anything, they don't progress. So now the husband's mindset is kind of up here thinking of progression and yeah. the wife doesn't have anything, which again, let's not view that as a problem. Let's view that as an opportunity what things can you do so that you can progress with your husband, you know? Because there's so much out there. I mean, man, look at this social media world right now. So many people are coming out with courses that you can do. Um, That I mean, they range from really cheap to really expensive, so you can choose what you want. But enroll in a course, you know? Yeah. Read a book. Sorry, selfish plug. Book club. Book club. (laughs) Come join book club. Book club is awesome. (laughs) Every Thursday at five. Don't miss it. No, seriously, please come join book club. But I think that's like, find find what you want to do. And again, when you can start progressing with your husband at the same rate that he is, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's it's beautiful. It really is. That's such a cool point that you have about looking at it like an opportunity because if I look at our friends in our neighborhood, people we travel with or other just general different friends, right? The opportunity with this job is like you already said it, when you're in sales, inherently you have to focus on yourself and you have to grow. It's just part of it versus if I just have a nine to five, I can just coast and you're pretty stagnant. The benefit though, depending on how you look at it is you'll stay with your spouse there. So if you look at it as an opportunity, though, and you say, okay, he's grown so much. But what's cool about that is now that you can grow together and he can share what he's learning. Or I always try to, like I send out texts saying, anybody that wants to join our Maxwell Leadership Program, jump on. If you want to join our Mastermind, jump on. If you want to join the Becoming Sovereign, jump on. Like we want people to be there. But I guess what I'm saying is due to the nature of, of the job and all the growth that has to take place, I think you can grow together. And if I look at other uh, friends that we have, they were never forced to grow. Yeah. So like if I'm plugged into an environment and I look at some of my friends that have had a nine to five, I'll, I know I'll destroy them on morning schedule or goals or all that. And it's not anything that I did. It's just the job taught me that. So we're just like, there's some really cool gains that you get from doing it. And that could be together totally. or not, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, let's get into gratitude. When we were discussing gratitude in Becoming Sovereign uh, about a month ago, somebody said, it was a spouse comment that came through, and they said, you know, I totally flipped my mindset. And it was the military that had them flip because they're like, you know what? In the military, a spouse may not see their spouse for like a year. And they're not making solar money. They're making like 40, 50 grand money. So it's longer periods of time where you don't get to see them and there is no money factor, right? Like, cause part of this is, look, you can justify it because you're able to get ahead in a financial freedom type of way that could impact the rest of your life. But in the military, they don't have that. They're going to have to probably grind for forever. And so that's what helped that spouse say, you know what? This actually isn't that bad. My husband could be making 40 grand a year and he could be deployed for one year without seeing him. And so I think that's where gratitude can really like, change the way you look at things any thoughts on that nothing more Amen. than yeah. totally <laughs> totally agree i think that if you want to i think having a gratitude practice is amazing and i'll say writing down five things you're grateful for every day does yeah. not take a lot of time it's pretty quick huh? and that's what you challenged us on you challenged yeah. us to do the gratitude list and 
it really is life-changing even just like after a week and you find yourself like trying to it's like your mind has been retrained and then you're just like looking for the good yeah things and you're like oh i can write down that i can write down that tonight and instead of just like looking for the negative because our minds naturally look for the negative totally which sucks but so it just like retrains your mind almost to just write down things that you're grateful it, for every it day. does actually like physiologically and psychologically it does i'm reading this book right now called the power of bad and they've done thousands of studies that our mind is naturally attracted to bad that's why if you pay attention to the news most of it's negative but that's what gets us going more so to your point it totally changes what you look at because once you train for gratitude, you naturally see more that you appreciate because you attract what you focus on. And that does a lot scientifically to the body too. So it's exactly it's it. It's like all your vibrations and stuff that you're yeah, talking about. Exactly. Right? On the sovereign, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? That's um, cool. Something that came to my head, and this is kind of maybe around kind of what we're talking about is, is yeah. looking for the good, is something that Hunter and I do every night that might help to someone out there is every night before we go to bed, <laughs> we've gotten in this routine of saying, I love you because. That's so cool. And so like every night he'll he'll say, I love you because, and I'll say, I love you because. So, and the, and it's actually really helped us because sometimes, I mean, it, it causes us to look at things during the day like, oh, maybe that's what I'm going to say tonight, you know? And then you put it in that's your head and then you save it for what you're going to say that yeah. night. So I think that um, that also helps to look for the good in your spouse rather than, oh my goodness, he's not doing this, he's not doing this, he's not doing this. And some days, you know, I go to bed and I'm kind of bothered at Hunter and I still, we still say it because, it, and I'm glad when we do it because it causes me to get out of this negative mindset that I'm in and look for something that I love about him. And it's not always easy, but sure, it's, I'm it's sure good. it's not. And I know some people out there would be like, it's okay to go to bed mad, but I, for me, it has been really awesome for Hunter. And obviously like I get, I get really excited about it because I love it. You know, yeah, even totally. when we're, even when you're away from him, like we'll still text each other. Like right now he's in California, he's in Florida. I'm here. And like, we'll still text each other and say, I love you because blah, 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 blah. blah. And it just That's caused really you cool. to think Cause back, back to the natural programming, I think for anybody in any type of relationship could even be a work setting. Things happen and you think I don't like them because of whatever, or they're causing me stress or I'm frustrated with them because so that totally flips that. Totally. But if you don't do that, the natural programming will probably be negative. It well, reminds me, sorry, of a saying yeah. that we say in our house, mostly in regards to parenting, but you can really relate it to anything. And it's water the flowers and not the weeds. Wow. So focus on that's so cool. all the things that someone's doing good and not pointing out all the bad. Like in yeah. parenting, if you're constantly, constantly picking out what your kids are doing wrong, then like, what's that going to do? You know, That's but if so you're cool. trying to build them up and like do positive parenting, but you can really relate it to anything in life. I love that. Sarah knows I love to garden and I think you're starting to like gardening. <laughs> <laughs> but I've taken over. For yes. sure, like with gardening, if you don't do anything, weeds come in and that's the negative. Like it takes so much work to keep a clean garden. So I love that saying. I've never heard that before. Let's talk about some of just like the real life issues, right? So the job is very taxing from an hour's perspective. You're gone more than you would be with a nine to five. So in your three opinions, how do you make it work with somebody that's gone working a lot of hours? What's helped you? Um, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say that uh, Carson and I, we don't get the nights together. And so we've just made it a goal. We wake up really early. We try to be up at like 4.30 or 5 every morning. And we that's when we get our time together. We 
can go on a walk or work out together or study together or just even have a conversation. Yeah. And so we have the mornings. And it sounds weird to say have a conversation, but it's like... With kids. Marrying kids, that's a real thing. <laughs> when are you going to talk to each other? Eat with two hands, even if that's yeah. what I do. So funny. That's awesome. Anything else? Go ahead. I would say we do the same. I would, we do the same thing. Like our mornings, is we wake up at the same time, go to the gym, eat breakfast together. Yeah. And we really prioritize that time together. And I think also, um, aside from that, going back to kind of what you said too, is just setting that expectation at night, like letting the wife know that you're going to get home at 10 or 11 and not eight or nine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's helped for us too a lot. We do not have mornings together. Um, we never have because my job was early uh, when I worked, and now that's the only time that I'm able to go work out because the kids get up in school, and then it's game over for the day. And so things that have worked for us is like scheduling date nights. We we have gone through waves of being better and not so good at it, but um, it's always been important to us, and I think knowing we're going to do it, just like making a plan and doing it has helped so much executing it and also with that being said too it can be hard you get in a rut doing the same things over and over again we went through a time where we were kind of like switching back and forth like he would plan one then I would plan one and that switched it up a little bit um we got creative with like our the time of year it was so if it was in the summer we switched and we did more hiking things and more things outdoors and so there was always something to do and that's where we kind of had to be intentional because Everyone's in a different place of life, right? We have four kids. It's nearly impossible to even talk on the phone these days. And so that's what works for us. And uh, we're lucky. We're lucky if we can get that in. But it's a good it's a good goal to have. Um, also, I was thinking this with the last question, too, with the yeah. gratitude thing. And when you asked this one, I had a really cool experience. I haven't even told you this. You were out of town when I got back from Palm Springs. But... We haven't talked. <laughs> See, it's been a couple weeks. We haven't talked. Um, but I sat by a guy on the plane, and he was in the Navy. When you brought up the military, it reminded okay. me of him. And he talked about um, he worked on submarines, and he made a comment that he had been underwater for over a 1,000 days. At so, once, one time. So it was like in three- or four-month increments Wow, is how it worked. But when he said the number, I'm like, that's a really long time. You know, that's a lot of days underwater that he didn't come Years. up. Yeah. And not only did he not come up, you can't talk to. Yeah, if you're you underwater, no you can't call. No communication. And that's also part of it, right? Dang. You're not allowed to know where they're at and all this stuff. That's they're gnarly. looking for people. And so I just thought about that. And he told me so many cool stories. I had, I like had so much fun talking to him because he just, I admired him so much. He had such good just takeaways from life and he was so cool so he um he said that when he stopped the reason he stopped is when everyone gets home from being gone for however long three or four months whatever it was he got home and he had little kids and one of his kids didn't know who he was oh my gosh oh sorry that's crazy so it was just um humbling to know that there's so many jobs that are hard and harder than ours. And it was just so cool that he, and it was um, different. I mean, not so much for financial growth for him, more for our country. And it was just, it really put things in a perspective for me. I just thought 
it's really easy to complain about what you don't like or about the hard parts of any job, really. I mean, there's bad parts to every job, but I just thought that was so cool that he he recognized it and he's like, I needed to change something. It wasn't working anymore. And so yeah. he stopped. So it just brought me back. I just thought, man, there was some really hard times, but I never had to do anything like that, you know? And it was just a really cool perspective for me to be so grateful for our job, this job. That makes me think, I think I'm naturally more of a trusting person. And I tend to think that most people in the world are awesome, amazing people. So when I talk about this, I think this is maybe just a few, but I know there's a spouse, one of our, like, we have a rep that everybody loves. This guy's a rock star and such a good person. But I know that multiple of the leaders have had concerns of like, the biggest challenge is just getting the spouse to be positive because they're so negative. Imagine what this person could be doing if they didn't deal with that. And I think a lot of it is just gratitude like that, just perspective. Like people have sacrificed their whole lives for the country without getting anything for it. Yeah, I thought of all those wives and all those moms and yeah. all those kids, and it just puts really everything cool. into perspective, right? Because we get to do this job because we choose to, and we get to like change our whole lives and get a lot of freedom from it financially. And so, so we can spend really so much cool. more time together. Later yeah, on. and like he won't have that probably. Yeah. And so that's that's really and that's cool. the other thing is like, what other job could you go to and? grind really hard for a few years yeah and potentially obtain financial freedom oh, and then totally. you, you can spend all that time with your family totally and so you guys re usually repost casey ba yeah. so i was in lake Powell last weekend and casey flew down for the day just to talk to us and so he he worked at vivant first i think 17 years right so he paid the price a lot longer than probably a lot of our people will but anyways they just took the wife and kids uh, to Europe for six weeks. Whoa. They were there for six weeks. And this is crazy. He said they spent $700,000 on this trip. Oh, wow. Like they, they wow. didn't skip out on any expense. Yeah. They just first class everywhere, five-star hotels, like all out, right? But it's like what? Hunter's going to love hearing that. What type of like person or family could go do that, right? And he's like, we didn't have to worry about money and we didn't have to worry about time. And that is like so cool. He actually got super emotional talking about it. But what you said, Christy, like this allowed him to do that. That's and true so freedom, right? There. True freedom. Yeah. yeah. That's like next level yeah. freedom, right? But it, but it takes the work and it takes, takes the work. grind and it yeah. takes the, like, there aren't very many people out there that like Casey that, that have done that. There's also not very many people out there that are willing to do the work totally. that Casey and Casey's wife and Casey's wife for sure have done to get 100%. there. Hundred percent. So it's it's, it's a like supporting the cast. Totally, like choose your the whole idea of like choose your heart, you know. Choose your but heart for sure. I think that's definitely. Interesting. Yeah, I just right before you guys, I had Jimmy Rex on the podcast, and a, a quote he always says is, "If you're hard on life, then life can be easy on you later." But if you're easy on life, life will be really hard on you. And I think it's so true. It's like choose your heart. Yeah. Some people want to just chill and eat whatever they want and not work out and not do anything financially. And it's like that's going to create a really hard life for you yeah. because you took it so easy. But if you're willing to pay the price and sacrifice, you can have so much freedom, whether it's physically because you see this training in health and fitness, right? Yeah. It, the discipline is what creates the freedom to have what you want but without that you're actually 
the one that's kind of like in a mental or physical prison, right? Totally. It's like your podcast with Dave Allred. Yeah. A lot relating to that, you know, just like do things today that align with who you want to be tomorrow. Sorry, I just keep having this thought. This co- co- yeah, get it head. out. Uh, but I, it's we're, we're reading this book in the book club. I'll give it well, another plug. Which book? So we know. <laughs> Better than happy. Okay, cool. Um, and, and she talks a lot about like our thoughts. You know, I think all of this success and choosing your heart and discipline, like all of that just comes down to your brain, your thoughts, right? It, mm-hmm. it all starts there. So I think that if, if you want to be able to support your husband, if you want to be able to achieve this success and this financial freedom, it all comes back to how you are thinking about it and rewiring your thoughts and changing your thoughts to be able to support and align with how you, with, with your goals and how you want to live your life, you know? So I think even start practicing like in the morning, if you're waking up and it's raining outside, what are you thinking? Are you thinking, oh, dang it, it's raining outside? Or are you saying, oh, I'm so grateful for the rain, you know? Totally. And just start changing your your thought and start recognizing your thoughts start start recognizing and thinking about how you are reacting to certain situations and don't like jody morris said like don't don't judge your thoughts just start to recognize them and, and be curious yeah, about that's the them. first step totally and and, yeah. and start to align them with who you want to be and the goals that you and your husband have and yeah eventually it will become natural for you to I think and act and be that way and become disciplined and totally. all that thanks for bringing that up that's actually like becoming sovereign. What we're covering next month is all mindset because everything starts with your thoughts. That's the foundation for everything, for your fitness, for your relationships, for your diet, Mm -hmm. for your relationship with money. It's all your mindset and your thoughts. So that, yeah, I, I think you're dead on there. Let's talk about two things, more hard stuff with the job that's just real life. It's so hard when you've grown up in a certain area and you have your support group, your friends and your family in one area, and then you're taken out of that into a totally brand new area. You've experienced this for a couple of years. We've done it. Sarah, you've done it as well. So what tips do we have for all the other spouses that their husband's gone working and they have no support system? Like, what do you do there? Um, I would just say something that was said that was awesome at the um, wives retreat. I wish I remember who said it. Maybe you can help me guys. But um, she said that like our husbands are not in charge of our happiness. We are in charge of our own happiness. They're in charge of their happiness. And then you come together in your happiness. So like find out what makes you happy and do those things and just be happy on your own. It's not your husband's job to make you happy. That is so cool. Stephen Covey talks about how you shouldn't build your identity on anything other than yourself and your values and your principles. Because like I look at my parents, once all the kids left the house, my mom's identity was kind of lost for a while. Her identity was being a mom. And sometimes it can be on your husband or it can be on your role or whatever. And I think it just needs to be on yourself. Like what is it? What makes you happy? And uh, Sarah, I feel like you've totally found a cool like calling for you the last six months, like coaching and stuff like that. And that's so cool. And for some people it could be um, just different things, teaching their kids different things. And so I just, how did you find your passion there? Um, yeah, uh, honestly, I mean, I've always been really passionate about health and fitness and I've, I've always had the dream to coach. Um, but it wasn't on, oh, I'll just like Hunter really helped and pushed me. and was like, just do it, you know? And it, it was hard. So he knew you wanted to do he, it. He knew I That's did. Cool. I've, I've always talked about it. You know, yeah. I've always loved it and I've always wanted to help 
woman in, in that way. Um, but he was just kind of like, hey, go out and just, like, go do it. And, it. and I think it helps that Hunter had the mentality of, like, if he knew that – him knowing that – because I was selling too, you know. I think at first he was like, oh, but if she goes off the doors, then – we won't make as much money because if I knock, then I'll still make more. So at first, it's so funny when husbands see their spouse sell for totally. a minute. They're like already banking on all this income. Totally. I mean, I'm when, like, don't force it. Don't even count on anything yeah. there. But I think that once he realized, like once I do what I really love and what I'm passionate about, yeah. then I'm happy and then I'm fulfilled, um, which That's so in cool. result makes him happy and makes him fulfilled, lets him sure. do what he wants to do. So I think, I mean... I kind of forgot your original question. Just how did you find that that passion? And it sounds like you are always had it, and Hunter knew that you had it, so you just went for it. Yeah. What about, like, kind of back to what we were talking about? I think it could be hard if, if I'm a wife and I'm on a team, I might feel like I'm forced to make all these other wives my friends. Because hmm. you're trying to find that support group, right? So do you have any tips with that? Like, if they aren't your type of people not in a bad way, just maybe they're not who you were naturally friends with back home. What do you do there? It's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good to try and be inclusive of everyone, and everyone's going to find people that they relate better to, you know, and yeah. it's not always a bad thing. Um, I think everyone should know they don't have to be friends with everyone in the office. I think it's like a... To be a team, you don't have to be best friends, whether yeah. that's the guys or the girls, because obviously the guys probably don't all get along perfectly either. So that's fine. Um, I think I think that's fine. I think if you don't really want to hang out a ton, yeah. I don't feel like you should feel that pressure. You don't you don't need to feel that yeah. pressure. It's harder, I will say. The wives have it way harder because as as guys, it's probably like the military where you go do a mission together, even if you have completely different hobbies and interests, it tends to just mend you. And so every year, like, I, I'm always shocked at how different everybody is on a team, but you're working every day together. So you just naturally kind of just mend, like I said. But it'd be so hard for a wife if you see them once a week or once a month or whatever, and you have totally different interests. You're not going through these big emotional victories and failures and team competitions and all this together. So it's like, man, what do you do there, you know? I also think a big thing, though, too, is realizing that you can learn something new from anyone that's so yeah. sick no I matter love that. like if you guys have anything in common at all yeah. like you can always learn from anyone and you know what's interesting is i keep pushing putting this out here book club is what's really cool about book club mm -hmm. is a lot of the wives didn't know each other but now that we've been able to a, a lot of times the book clubs kind of just turn into vent sessions which i totally love <laughs> yeah. um, and i think it's totally it probably like, is what needs to happen <laughs> totally. right if it's I'm all like, built I, up i totally agree I'm like yeah. i'm totally okay with it but what's interesting is a lot of the wives have had similar problems or similar situations which really helped when we went to the retreat a lot of the like a lot of this book club people we were so excited to meet each other because we realized that a lot of us had the same similar problems with our husbands with in mm -hmm. mother-in-laws yeah. you know yeah. like so many things and and i think that um kind of going along with what christy said is is know that there's always a way that you can relate to someone and sometimes you just kind of have to get to that vulnerable spot um or I'm not really sure what I'm saying anymore, but like there's always something realizing yeah. you can always learn totally. something from someone and there's always something you're going to be able to relate about. Yeah. 
Um, and that's what can build the friendship is you might not have to like the same brands or things or hobbies or whatever, but it's so interesting when you find out that person is struggling in their relationship with the exact same thing that we're struggling with. And they have really hard mother-in-law too, or whatever the case is that can really bring you together. Totally. I think something that just came to my head too, is if you're like inviting somebody and they're constantly, you know, not wanting to come or kind of turning you down, maybe don't take it personal. Cause I think that kind of creates some barriers too, where maybe it has nothing to do with you. Maybe they just don't feel comfortable and they want, um, like a little bit stronger boundaries and for whatever reason, it could be any reason, but maybe just like really trying to not take offense to that too and to be yeah. open-minded that way too. Totally. Cause for just sure. looking back at our two trips last year, Mexico and Tahiti, I could very quickly realize that some of the women were more independent and just that's the way they were maybe more introverted and it's not that they didn't like anybody. It's just that was their jam. Totally. And, and that's okay. And that's right. okay. Exactly. And for other girls, they might be super extroverted and want to be friends with everybody. And so there's just different <laughs> this, is, that, this, is, this, this is what I need. Like, I, I keep telling myself, I'm the person who's like, everybody come. You know, yeah, as you can tell by the book club. Very inclusive. I'm and like, everybody I come to the book club. And so when people don't come, I'm like, what the crap? You know, so yeah. if your wife out there, I'm sorry if I've been that way. Because that's very much me, but I think no, for me good. too. And you want to help people good. feel comfortable. Totally. They can come and anyone can come and you don't have to have this expectations of knowing someone yeah. or feeling comfortable. It's okay to be a little uncomfortable but at e first. Every org needs a Sarah Clark yes, because <laughs> yes. I would venture to say even though there are some independent uh, introverted girls, I would say more often than not, there's a lot of girls that are looking to feel included and yeah. want to feel that love. And so... We're grateful for you well, there and that role sweet. that you're playing. That's really cool. <laughs> that was one thing with the wise retreat. I was so impressed with so many of these girls. I kept hearing over and over again. They were nervous to come. They didn't really want to come. They didn't know how it was going to be. They didn't yeah, know. It's intimidating, it is intimidating sometimes. And they, all of them were, you know, at the end, so happy that they did. And so just another little, if you're feeling like that for next year, just come. Cause I promise it's worth it. And it's so much fun. And there's someone for everyone. One thing that I want to say, because I want the guys to the, acknowledge this if you're listening, and then we need to just totally recognize all the women, is that when someone's working really hard and say they're a manager or whatever, and now they're working more, there's a price that's paid for them working more and being gone, and it's the spouse that's picking up that slack. So when they're traveling, that comes at an expense, and that's a sacrifice usually at the spouse when they're you know, working long hours, they have more responsibilities that when they're gone, it's not just that they're gone more. Something needs to fill that space and it's always the spouse. And so if you're a guy listening to that, recognize that and be grateful for that and go express your gratitude to your spouse for that because somebody's always picking up the slack when you're gone. And back to the conversation of like the supporting cast, that's happening 1000% to allow you to do that. One more thing I want to talk about that's like really hard with this job is if you are a manager or you're a, a branch manager, we call it le branch leader now, the nature of the job is you're there to support reps in, in homes with phone calls. And so like one thing that's hard, we don't really have this problem as much now, but you get those phone calls. I'm in a home. I need help. And so you're on date night and you get those random phone calls and it doesn't even have to be like in a home. It could be, I'm thinking about going home or somebody on my team's thinking about going home or this just happened, just the urgent. So is there any tips you guys have for being able to spend time together 
while also giving permission or the acceptance or the expectation of your husband to, to step away sometimes because that's also part of his job. It's a really hard thing. But that's I, I see that as like if you can figure that out, that's like a really big piece. Uh, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think it just uh, it goes back to the expectations, you know, making sure that the expectations are there and the wife is on the same page and understands, like, why are you doing that, though? Like, make sure that she understands why are you why are you spending extra time doing this? Why are you spending extra time away? Because the reason why she's upset is because she doesn't understand why you're doing it. She thinks that you need to be with her, you know? So I think such a good point. If if she's still upset, then you have not yet explained the you've not yet explained well enough to her why she's why you're doing such thing. And for future purposes too, like what's the what's the end goal with you being gone right now? I totally agree with that. Every most of the time there's a problem, I'm sure it's on us as guys to not communicate it enough. And that's usually a guy problem. It's like we haven't taken the time to explain it. So that's really good, Sarah. I love that. Um, I was just going to say there's this man called, I think his name's Saad Guru. He's like Indian. Yeah. But um, he always says that someone asked him, like, do you ever get mad? And he was like, it's not that I'm incapable of getting mad. I'm capable of anything. He's like, but I don't give someone that opportunity to control my emotions. Mm-hmm. So I don't give someone the opportunity to make me mad that's or really make cool. me happy or unhappy. He's like, that's all on me. So like, say your husband which I'm totally guilty of this, you know, like we're in the middle of dinner and he takes a phone call and I'm like, great, now the date night's ruined because I'm ticked. Yeah. But that's on me, you know, because I'm giving him control of my emotion when in reality, like I can't, I'm in control of my own emotions. So you can just be like more understanding and loving. And also like Sarah was saying, you know, just like stick to the big picture of like, okay, these are our goals. He doesn't want to be doing this either. That's something I always have to remind myself is like, Carson doesn't want to be up at 10 or 11 taking these phone calls. Yeah. Like he would rather be That's sitting true. and eating dinner with me too. Yeah. And, but he's sacrificing for our family. Totally. And so like on the gratitude mindset thing, I really think that's like a huge fix to everything, but, um, sorry. That's okay. I'm going to get a little emotional. Yeah, this is awesome. Um, but I think having the gratitude mindset of like, okay, I'm so grateful for a husband who wants to provide. And not only who wants to provide, who's been given this incredible opportunity. So like be grateful for Empower, but also for a husband that has this righteous desire to provide for his family totally. when so many men don't want to anymore. So true. And that he's just like really taken an opportunity and ran with it. And so I think a gratitude mindset is always a huge key to everything. Yeah. And be grateful for that ambition if because Carson is I'm not talking to you, Christy, but if your husband is doing this job. He's ambitious enough to do the job. And like looking at family that we have, we talk all the time how grateful we are because the other side of that could be somebody that's coasting and you don't have enough money to pay bills and you're stuck in this thing. So with the ambition and the hard work, sometimes comes a sacrifice. That was really cool. Christy, did you have something too? Yeah, I feel like we, I had a really big mind shift. I can't quite remember when it was. I talked a little bit at the retreat, so sorry if I'm repeating, but um. For me, it came down to trust, and I just had to start trusting Brandon. I don't, like I said, I don't remember when this was. I know it was when we were still knocking and out in market, but I just had to trust if he was answering that phone call, he needed to answer the phone call. Like, I wasn't there to dictate if he, if it was or wasn't important enough for him to be stepping away from me to do it. And I remember distinctly, we were at a movie on date night. Do you remember this? And 
he got up and went out of this movie, I kid you not, like 10 times. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't remember that. <laughs> See, I was mad, so I remember. What he is doesn't this, remember. Like 10 years ago, five years <laughs> no, ago, I one don't year know. ago? I just remember, like, thinking in my head, like, what, and I just kind of got to the point, like, are you kidding me right now? Like, is this for real? But it was. Like, whatever was happening at the time, I don't know what it was, but whatever was happening at the time, he did need to take those phone calls, whatever it was. And I just, um, once I changed my mindset to, like, not wanting to control you and not wanting to, like, know if it was important or not, or I wanted to make that decision once I started trusting him that this is how you want to run your org and this is what you feel like you need to do to meet your guys's needs in your org that's when I just had a big shift because I didn't need to worry about it anymore I didn't need to worry about if he wanted to spend time with me or not and it wasn't personal anymore I just kind of looked at it like this is the job for him to do his job good he needs to answer this phone call or this text or whatever it was and Uh, It just gave me a total new perspective to just look at it from just being grateful that you were willing to do that. And like Christy was saying, like, I always knew you don't want to be doing that either. And I think this is a good thing to remember, too, with, um, like, recruiting. I think it's really hard sometimes when you're the wife and you're at home and your husband is at lunch and he's at Top Golf and he's whatever. Yeah, we spoke about that. Taking all these these recruits or whatever to do all these fun things. And it's hard at the wife's perspective, like, oh, you're going snowmobiling again, or oh, you're going surfing again, you know. Sometimes work is play. Yeah, for and sure. Th- that can be hard when you have so much responsibility picking up that slack. Yeah. Thousand percent. Yeah. So I think that too came back to the trust thing. Like I just need to trust like this is the job and these are parts of the job. And if Brandon says he needs to be at work until midnight tonight, then he needs to be at work until midnight. And it's not for me to be like, well, did you really have to be there that long? Or did you just want to be? So I just totally gave that over to him and it's helped me so much. And with that on the guy's side, if you get that trust, that's a big responsibility because I, anybody that works here at the corporate office, I hammer all the time. Don't call anybody after six o'clock and don't call or text anybody on the weekends because that's like their time. And so, but if I get a call, then I know it's like they must really need me. Because otherwise, they want to be reaching out because they already know how I feel about it. Yeah, and I'm not necessarily talking about right now. I'm just saying like the years no, of for sure. being in market but then and being home. Guys and can abuse that trust, is what I'm saying. Totally. Then they can just be yeah. screwing out on the golf course every day or 100%. whatever. And yeah, you got to be that, that doesn't help either. So it's yeah. like, hey, if you got that trust, don't abuse it. Totally. Because being at home is the harder job. So if you're trusted to go work, then go work and and get it done. Yeah, and I really liked what Sarah said too about. Just explain it to him. Like if if you came back in from that movie and you said, I really needed to take this call because blah, 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 then it's like, oh, yeah, that's really hard. And then I can, you know, I can fill it with you instead of just being mad about it. So I think it is good to keep them in the loop and help them understand, like, this is for our well-being, for our future. I need to take care of my people. Your team. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go through just a couple tips for the guys because a lot of this has probably been for all women out there. But. And then I want to go around if you guys have any other thoughts on what I just said or if you have any other closing thoughts. But just a couple tips for the guys is be intentional with your time and make the time count. And I'm speaking about all this from experience, not one that has perfected it, but just here are the hard lessons I've learned. Please learn from me. As you might only have the weekend, you might only have the Sunday, whatever it is if you're out in market selling. So it's not the quantity of time, it's the quality of time. And so if you're going to be there, just make that time count. Put energy into the relationship. This one's really hard for me because 
I get my energy from being alone, reading and goal setting. And like alone is where I recharge my batteries. And the analogy was explained to me that guys need to say 5,000 words a day and women need to say 30,000 words a day. And so if you're doing this job in, in door knocking, by the time you get home, you've maybe said 60,000 words. So you're 55,000 over budget. And then you get home and your wife has said 100 words because she hasn't had any adult conversation and she has 30,000 words to get out. And I'm just like, I can't freaking do this, you know? <laughs> but you need to like, you need to man up and you need to figure it out because it's the energy that you put into that relationship that's going to work. And like the lesson I learned and it's still learning as if I put as much energy into leadership and sales as I do anything, then I'll crush it. And so you just got to make sure you put that same amount of energy in. And something that can help is, man, I, f I f feel like just about every day there's a curveball and every day can be a hard day. And it's hard not to take that into work. And so what's helping me is just parking, being in the garage, and just trying to let it all go before I walk in. Because I don't want my kids, I don't want Sarah to feel like any of that burden. And that's something that just like working out, you have to practice that. And if you don't practice it, you'll lose it. Another thing is expectations. Don't set the expectation that you're going to have the same amount of time with your spouse and family as you will work. Anybody that works spends more time at work than they do at home. And hopefully the goal for you is to spend enough time at work the next couple of years that you can spend more time at home for forever but you don't want to set the expectation with your spouse that you're going to be home and you're going to be home at dinner every night because it's probably just not going to be the case. Most sales take place when other people are home. And so uh, back to expectations like we, we spoke about. And then the last thing, and guys really struggle with this. This is a forever thing. But how do you truly listen when you have a million problems going on inside your head and people are blowing up your phone and people need help with rent and they need help with sales and you're, you can feel your phone busy, buzzing sorry, while your wife is talking to you, but how do you give her the time and attention that you deserve? And it, again, it's just practice. I don't know if there's a magic formula. You just need to put your phone down and practice and, and get better at it over time. I have one for that one. You're really good at saying like, I just need to take care of this and then, then I'll... Like if I'm talking to you and I can tell you're not listening to me, you do catch yourself and you say, yeah. I just need to take care of this and then I'll, I'll listen or I'm here. I'm, I want to talk about it. I just have to, I have to take care of this right now. And it makes me feel like I'm heard. You care what I'm saying, but then I'm, tr I have to be understanding too, right? To know that you need to take care of that problem. So and I sometimes I don't even know if it. I've told you this, but sometimes I'll open up my notes and I'll put everything I'm thinking about in my phone so that I can brain dump it so I can focus more. That's something that helps me a lot. Yeah. Okay. Any, any other closing thoughts that you guys have? Any other advice or things that you've learned? I was thinking when you were just talking about expectations again, um, something I was thinking about that is th since this job is so different, I remember when we were in market or um, I remember just hearing about people that had nine to five jobs. And I remember other people commenting to me kind of like, oh my gosh, like, how do you, what are you doing? Like, we eat dinner at 5.30 every night. Like, and I almost kind of felt bad about it. Like, I felt like, oh, like, are we doing it wrong? Are we, are we not normal? Is this not a normal family thing to do? Which this job isn't normal. You know, it's really hard and it takes a lot of extra work and dedication. And it took me some time, but I just like realized like, it's okay. Like, 
that was an expectation thing, right? Like, I don't need to look like all the people that work nine to five. And that's amazing. That's great. And if that works for them, then that's amazing. But it didn't need to work for me. And I didn't need to feel bad about the fact that my life or my husband's schedule or my schedule didn't look like yours, you know, or whoever's. So that really helped me. Um, Maybe our lives look a little bit different than a lot of people's. And I've heard a little bit about this on book club, like maybe like parents don't quite understand or siblings, we have some of this, like, I don't know. So it just comes back to maybe it doesn't look like what everyone thinks life should look like, but there isn't a right or a wrong. And if you can make it work for you and for your spouse or for just you, then that's all that matters. That's awesome. Love that. Um, I, my tip or whatever would be to read the five love languages. That's a game changer for us. Game changer. For us too. I think that really coming to understand what your love language is and understanding what your husband's love language is will totally change your guys' relationship. And I think that at first, like as a wife, you might have to speak his love language more than he speaks yours. But I promise you that as you do, eventually you're going to see how much happier happier you are and he is and he will start to speak your love language but i think that making make sure that you know that what their love language is because when hunter and i first got married i was speaking my love like what how i like to receive which is the default totally how you want to receive it is what you get like i was writing him notes and i was (laughs) sending him texts it's like hunter doesn't he likes to know i'm gonna say he doesn't give a crap about them but like Hunter doesn't want that. I mean, yeah. no, no, you can cut this part out if you want to, but like Hunter <laughs> likes the lingerie, you know? Yeah. Like, Wait, guys home. like cuts? <laughs> yeah, what right? the heck? But like, and, and that's not, and that's a little bit harder for me. So I think like, to be completely honest, yeah. wives sometimes, and this is hard for me too, we have to be willing to do that so that Hunter will write me notes too because that's for how sure. I like to receive, you know? So I think learning that about each other that's cool. is, is, is game changing. I'm glad you brought that up. That's like top three I, I feel like for books for relationships for sure so that's that's really it's a good. purple cover if that helps it's on amazon <laughs> it's a short book <laughs> yeah anything from you christy um i would just honestly say that like if anyone ever needs to talk any wife anything i am totally open to it let's go and i i would love to hear from anyone and be of any help that i can because we've all been there you know we all know how hard it is I mean, marriage in general is not super easy. And so I think adding this on top of it just kind of makes it extra hard. So I would just say that I know all of us are feel that way, that we would yeah. just love to help anybody. Yeah. And it's usually the same couple things that are causing frustration or disappointment or whatever, and which means everybody's gone through probably all the same stuff. Mm-hmm, for sure. One thing I'll just say in closing is that and we're directing a lot and we're making a lot of assumptions that the, the women are the stay at home because I don't know of anybody in the company right now where there's a stay at home male and the women's out selling, right? So we're making some assumptions, but with that assumption, cause that might may change in the future. I will say that I firmly, firmly believe that women have the harder job and I'll, I'll take that to my grave as hard as this job is. It is so hard mentally and emotionally. I think they have the harder job. And also, I think women are so incredible how much trust they have in their spouse all the time in our neighborhood, in our church, everything. You hear, hear these stories about 
a guy like quitting his job and rolling the dice on a new job and moving across the country and all this. And like, they have no idea what they're going to make. And it's one thing if you're the guy, cause you have the visibility into that. But I'm like, how, how's the wife doing that? Like she just has no idea what's going to happen and she's just supposed to have a good attitude and go along with it. And so Sarah, to your point earlier, if you just can do a good job as a male and communicate everything that's going on that, you know, they're going to be more supportive and that's going to give you your best shot because really out of the two of you, they're the, they're the bigger badass out of both of you. I promise you that. So you just got to spend the time and attention to give them what they need, the knowledge, the context, and they'll be able to support you in your role. So hopefully you guys found this helpful. We're going to do a couple more of these throughout the year, but Sarah, Christy, and Sarah, thanks for coming on. Thank you.